5: in a number of businesses. He's a great role model.
6: Telling it like it is, giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
4: This is Cats at Night. John Katsimatidis here at number one show at five o'clock. We are are a uh, TriCast, WABC 770, uh, 970 AM on the uh on the dial and WLIR. I'm 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 running slow today. Yeah, uh, I started two thirty Never,
5: never, never. And
4: uh Common Sense uh Democrat in the uh, studio, uh uh Judge Richard Weinberg, Common Sense Republican, Deputy Mayor, former Deputy Mayor uh Rudy Washington, uh maybe related to George Washington, but we haven't discussed that. <laughs> and uh <laughs> we we on have uh side. with us uh <laughs> we
5: we have a great show
4: and we have a great show today Yes, yes
5: we will be speaking with intrepid investigative reporter john solomon he's going to talk to us all about that great donald trump interview charlie gasparino you 36 tax hikes, 36 of them. Michael Goodwin of the New York Post, Pulitzer Prize winning writer. Detective Paul Diagiacomo, he's the head of the detectives union, the crime here, spiraling out of control in New York City. Also talked to Frank Morano. But first on the line, we have Professor Alan Dershowitz. He's a constitutional expert, scholar, just what, 50 years at Harvard Law and a Brooklyn boy at heart. And always with us here at Cats at Night. Welcome, Professor Dershowitz.
7: Hey, it's always a pleasure to be on with you. Thanks.
4: What is your favorite subject today? I've been listening to this Disney the stuff going on in Disney and I'm I'm pulling my hair out. How can this happen in our country? (laughs) Uh, Me and you, you, we grew up with Ozzy and Harriet. We grew up with Father Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver. What are they trying to convert to? They want to destroy
5: families.
7: Wait, for yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, Disney for me was always, you know, feel good uh, cartoons. Uh, I remember going to the movies and watching these great, great, great Disney movies. But look, everything is changing. Every Who imagines watching the Oscar and seeing a slap on the face? Who imagines a Supreme Court justice's uh, wife writing uh, about uh, conspiracy theories and, and, and the election? Who imagines OAC trying to impeach a justice of the Supreme Court? Uh, we live in such a strange different world from the world in which we grew up i mean for me you know going but this home is and not listening... the
4: right world they're, they're, no they're, i know somebody america's under attack and somebody's manipulating this uh, in my opinion
7: uh, well i think it's self-inflicted wound i think that a lot of people on the hard left and the extreme hard right are trying to destroy the center of this country. And we have always thrived at the center. The reason we escaped what happened in Europe in the 1930s, in the 1930s you could either be a communist or a fascist. There was no choice. The Social Democratic Parties were dead. In Europe, in France, and everywhere, in, in of course Germany and Spain, you either had to choose between being an extreme leftist, a communist, or an extreme rightist, a fascist. We escaped that with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He became, you know, a, a liberal capitalist who saved capitalism. And we were always a moderate middle country. We always elected moderates. Now, look at what's going on.
8: Well, Alan, could you tell us uh, your thoughts about this uh, Clarence Thomas uh, yeah. extravaganza? Yeah, gonna, I think, it's, yeah, I think I, it's awful. I like your opinion. I,
7: <laughs> I think it's awful. I think he ought to recuse himself. I think the chief justice ought to announce that he's recused from all cases involving uh, the uh, January 6th, that uh, he can't be held responsible for what his wife says. And and by the way, he's not the first justice. Remember Justice O'Connor had an ethical problem. She talked about how upset she was when the election looked like it was going to Gore instead of to Bush. Uh, Justice Ginsburg talked about uh, Trump during the election during a very negative way uh but this one goes further the appearance of justice is just when he files a dissenting opinion in a case involving whether or not emails should be reviewed and some of the emails may involve him so look i think aoc went too far when she said he should be impeached only one justice has ever been impeached and he was acquitted Uh, I remember when I was growing up, when we were growing up, the extreme right wanted to impeach Earl Warren and Bill Douglas. It never happened. And he's not going to be impeached on the current record, at least. But he should be recused,
2: Uh, even if he's not influenced The appearance of injustice. But, but Professor, for a long time, we've had the left put in Supreme Court justices that held positions clearly. I mean, uh, 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 Judge Ginsburg was pro uh you know she was for abortion uh you have kagan who you know yeah. on questions of of LGBTQ. she recused
7: herself. I she mean, recused
2: herself yeah yeah, yeah i kagan mean so
7: recused herself in over 20 cases
2: but yeah. none of this is new i mean you know this has been going on since time immemorial of course and it's gotten worse um today you can predict the
7: outcome of supreme court arguments and who will vote on what because you know people are selected for their ideological and partisan event. Sometimes this is surprise. Trump was surprised when people he appointed to the court voted against him. And Clinton was surprised when unanimously they ruled he had to sit for a deposition and he had appointed two of the justices who voted against him. Sometimes there are surprises, but right. you know, the, I, that tells me
2: process, at least there's some integrity left in the yeah. process.
7: I, and, but and, look, and, I think there's been I think there's been disgraceful conduct on every part. I think the way they treated Kavanaugh was beyond uh, horrible. Oh, horrible. And,
4: That's you know, the worst. But I
2: think, that crooked I think attorney,
4: were, uh, Avenatti, whatever his name was, brought those uh, yeah. women in that didn't even yeah. remember where they met him. I mean, they
2: should have they been,
7: imm- they should have been they indicted. indicted. Why they're not disciplined, I don't know. They should definitely be disciplined. When you make a false accusation against somebody, I know because I've been the victim of a false accusation. Those who make false accusations, and the false accusations are proved to be false, should be prosecuted. But the Me Too movement says, no, 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 you can't prosecute women. If you do, you're going to deter them from coming forward. Well, you should deter them from coming forward. To make money over lies, so you know, victims should speak out. Victims of real sex abuse should speak out, and victims of false accusations speak out. And I think the Democrats behaved disgracefully, but I also think that the Republicans stole a seat from the Democrats when they refused to give a hearing to uh, Judge Garland. He should. Well, have I'm, gl- I'm glad
2: they didn't give him. I mean, looking at his behavior today, oh my god. You know he'd have been a better he'd have been a better justice than the I, I pray general you offense. were right professor
8: <laughs> no, I, I agree with that by the way, you said something I, was, I thought was very interesting i didn't know the Chief Justice has a right to uh, tell Clarence Thomas as an associate justice to recuse himself or is that a no, recommendation he doesn't.
7: It was a recommendation. I think the Chief Justice ought to walk down the hall and say, "Look, the integrity of the court's at stake, even if you don't think you ought to recuse yourself." You're not saying you've done anything wrong by recusing yourself. It's the appearance of justice. And many Americans feel that in light of the emails involving her saying she's spoken to her best friend about this, and previous emails describe each other as their best friends, the two Thomases, that's enough for the appearance of justice. And and I would hope the chief justice would persuade him to do it. He could say no.
4: And Professor, anybody could do you know, about it. I usually agree with you ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, but in this one, I mean, everybody you know used to have a wife or or, or a husband, and you, you know to go down to that detail that you can't even speak to
5: your own wife about it. I mean, it's crazy. Well, you can't really? control what your spouse does in no, AOC. No, I think that's the issue. Yeah, AOC that's the issue. is this, is this a grandstanding feminist, and here she is saying, oh, because his wife did something, now he should recuse himself. And where does it end? What if it's his son? Should the president of the United States recuse himself from handling any kind of relations with well, Russia or whatever because uh, of Hunter Biden? That's a good idea, well, if, uh, I understand uh, Donald def- Trump
4: in an interview last night said that Putin should reveal what uh, – uh, they have on. Uh, yeah. What kind of deal was on, made on with Hunter sign.
5: Biden?
8: Yeah. What do you think about that, well, Professor?
4: I
7: think everything about Hunter Biden should come out. I think the American public was on that laptop. They have a right to know everything. I personally don't believe that Joe Biden, who I've known since 1980, was personally involved in anything wrong. But look, he would not be the first president to have a relative uh, who caused him problems jimmy carter and and obviously bill clinton and uh, uh, many others have had that issue so i think that he should be
4: investigated without regard to but his he may look any father, out, any father any yeah. father protects the son i yeah. mean if you take 100 different fathers what do you think i'm going to ask everybody that Take uh, take 100 fathers how many of them would protect the son judge 99.9 Uh, yeah, 100%, 100%.
5: Lydia, I agree. And you know, judge Weinberg I would say, I would say 99.9. Judge, judge, Judge Weinberg. Remember we talked about it. We said, if somebody said you're going to save your kid, you just go jump in front of this train. What what was your response? Alan, this
8: is what we said. We said, somebody tells you that if you don't jump in front of the train at at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, you don't do it. Your your kid is going to be killed. And you'll say, can I get there early? Yeah. No,
7: of course, everybody would do That's that. And, do. Um, and, and and we should assume that. But it doesn't mean necessarily that <clears throat> President Biden profited from it or did anything well, wrong well, by but, it. Well, professor, each of them stand on their own, just like but, I think. Yeah, but this is the Barbara, United States of America.
4: The whole country is at stake right now, Alan. Yeah. You know yeah. this is not uh, $10,000 or $100,000 or a not million no, the it's whole not. country is at stake I
7: agree but what do you want you want the, do you want the vice president to become president not no, 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 that, no. Not that
5: one no, no, no. no, no, no. You, oh my speaker God. pelosi No, i have to somebody give it. me two <laughs> presidents <laughs> it's do, it's
7: what presidents do these days is they pick vice presidents who are so scary to the public that they'll never want to be impeached for fear that the vice president will
2: I, I, over. I don't know and, professor i'm one that believes that If he was impeached, uh, she would be so happy to get in that seat. She'll do whatever McConnell tell her to do, you know. Um, And what's going to happen, Professor, eventually they're going to indict him. And Joe, uh, the president will pardon his son to keep this from getting next to him.
7: I don't think the president will pardon his son. I, no.
2: First of all, you wouldn't pardon your Joe son? Biden has
7: set in motion. Uh, well, but did, President did, Biden, has did Joe Biden forgive his a son for
4: screwing his other son's do- uh, wife.
7: <laughs> well, uh, that was that was legal. <laughs> that, that was pretty bad. legal. That was legal. They, 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 <laughs> Is that legal. moral? Was nothing. Nothing it's illegal That's
2: pretty about unforgivable. That. You're right. That's yeah. pretty bad. Hey, your son, you par- widow. Would you pardon your son? Yes. Judge, would you well, partner your rule partner son. Exactly.
8: That's, That's what permitted. Joe Biden is gonna do. I was <laughs> <been laughs> busy shopping in front of the train. <laughs>
7: That's why it shouldn't be permitted, because everybody would We do have
8: it. one more <laughs>
4: minute, uh Alan. Sure. Tell us what what give me another juicy story for
5: another minute.
7: <laughs> well, you know. Uh, oh, I, I, I have a question.
5: Upset. Do you want me to ask him a question? <laughs> if it's juicy, uh, it, I think it's pretty juicy. So Mayor Adams okay. is getting a lot of flack because he's clearing out these homeless encampments. People are saying that the homeless have a right to live on the streets, and Mayor Adams is simply trying to bring our the city people back. are saying the
4: homeless have, have the no right to right. the streets. Yes, that, they, they are no right. They, have they are no so right dumb. That's the what street. the Civil Liberties they Union have, and
5: all of them are saying, that their are rights are dumb. being violated. They are
7: dumb. They have no right to endanger the public. And I think most of the people who have engaged in this kind of horrible conduct over the recent years have been mentally ill homeless people who previously would be in mental hospitals. Now they've been deinstitutionalized. They have. There's no place for them to go. There's plenty of area for them to go. There are homes for them to go, apartments, but they don't go. And I think the mayor has an absolute right to clear them off the street and make the streets safe. New
4: York. A- Alan Gershwitz, thank you so much. And, and nice it's pleasure. always good to talk to you. You know why we have. <laughs> we tell the truth and we have a little bit of fun at the same time. And we missed you last night, yeah, by the way. Great
7: combination. Yeah, well, we'll do it next week. Thank good. You. Thanks.
4: Anytime. Thank you.
5: Take care. Bye. Bye.
4: Now, uh, I understand uh, we uh, had John Solomon uh, coming in.
5: That's right. Uh, Why don't you
4: introduce him, uh, Lydia?
5: And on the line with us right now is investigative reporter extraordinaire, justthenews.com, John Solomon. John Solomon, you had quite the interview. It is making worldwide headlines with former President Donald Trump. Tell us all about it.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. We went down to Mar-a-Lago Monday, and the president really wanted to talk about what Trump Doctrine 2.0 would look like. So what are the policies that Donald Trump would use if he were president again, or if someone following in the Trump agenda would use it? And it's all about unraveling the Biden agenda and getting the world back to a better place, inflation down to a lower thing, energy back to more abundance. And uh, he was very substantive. He had his moments where he throws a classic Donald Trump left hook, right? Uh, Hey, I know Vladimir Putin's fighting with Ukraine, but he should take a few minutes and tell us why Hunter Biden had a $3.5 million deal with one of the companies he co-founded uh, with uh, the Russian oligarchs. Let us you know, Putin will know why the oligarchs were dealing with them. He should tell us that. So that's his prov- provocation moment in the interview. But most of it was talking about how the Trump doctrine adapts to what Joe Biden and the Democrats have done since he left office. How do you fix the Russia problem? How do you fix inflation? How do you fix the border? And there are some really insightful moments where – uh, he talks about inflation. He's like, you know, I know everyone thinks you have to move interest rates. You got to do all these things. Listen, if you get energy prices down, inflation comes down across the board because everything triggers some of in- uh, inflation, your transportation, your creation of plastics, your creation of fertilizer. So I think I could get inflation under control a lot quicker just by getting energy down, drill more, get things going. So you get some insights. You talked to him about the border. And remember, he came to power with the idea of build the wall. That was his message. We're going to build a wall. It's going to be a beautiful wall you know what, we've got to do more than build the wall now because they've let so many criminals into the country. And what he means by that is not just aliens who have illegally crossed the border. Large numbers of the people crossing the border are known felons, meaning either in their home country in the United States, they were previously convicted of crimes. We're going to have to do a mass roundup and get them back, and we're going to have to tell the countries, you're going to take these bad people you let out of your prisons back, or you don't get foreign aid anymore going forward. So he's, he's evolved his immigration thing beyond just building a wall to getting the criminal elements out of the country that have flowed in during this open border. So very substantive, policy-issue-oriented interview with a couple of few classic left-to-Donald-Trump moments that only Donald Trump could do.
4: Very disturbing on the type of characters were allowed in. I mean, when when our parents came to this country, when my father came to this country, they wanted good, hard-working people uh, that that wanted to be Americans, and right now it seems like some of the stuff that uh, President Biden is doing, he doesn't love America. He's trying to kick, you know, kick our butt. Yeah. I, I don't know how other way to say it.
0: He he, you know, the one thing that struck me about this version of President Trump, and I've seen him in many different settings, in the Oval Office, on the campaign trail. There was a sense of urgency in his voice and his actions in his view. And he said, listen, they're destroying the great America that we had. I think we can come back, but these midterms are key. If we don't get Republican control of at least one house or one chamber of the Congress, we might lose the company, country we know because we don't have a free press. We don't have free speech. And then he goes on he just does like a one-minute summary of the Biden presidency. And it's a, it's a stream of consciousness, but it's, it's really there. He goes... They don't want voter ID. They defund the police. they got sanctuary cities. We've got a weak military. They want to raise your taxes. They want to kill our energy independence. That's already been done. And then they're bad on religion, bad on the Second Amendment, bad on oil. Everything that makes this country great, they're destroying. Our system is broken. That's like a one-minute line that he just says. I don't think he took a breath during it. He has a sense of urgency, palpable urgency, that this country is being destroyed, and he wants to put a stop to it, whether he's running for president or picks someone to run for him. He wants to stop the, the reversal of this country.
4: You know, uh, people look to criticize uh, Trump, but he's more right than wrong. I mean, there's an uh, attack going on in, on this country, on the United States of America, from so many directions. Our legal
5: system is under attack.
4: Our education system is under attack. Our borders are under attack, yeah. uh,
5: and our children are under attack with the drugs uh, pouring right over.
4: They're making they're making American people poor. And making the Russians, the Venezuelans, the Iranians rich. I mean, <laughs> exactly how else do right. you say it? Yep.
0: No, you said it eloquently. That's it. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I've always said this about President Trump. When he's talking about the grievances of the American people and he's carrying the grievances of the American people on his shoulders, he really taps into middle America. And then when he's got his own grievances, sometimes he forgets about the people. But in this interview, he was dialed into Joe Sixpack, into Ma and Pa on main, Ma and Pa Kettle on Main Street. And I remember there's a couple moments in the interview, like he said, you know, Republicans talk about the price of the barrel of oil. No one knows what a barrel of oil is. It's about the price at the pumps. And you know what it was when I left? It was a buck eighty seven. It's five dollars in the Midwest. There isn't an economy in the Midwest to help people pay for $5 gas. Another time he talked about you go into the hardware store, you can't get basic things to fix your house. Now, I'm a guy. I try to build fancy buildings. I can't get the stuff. If I can't get it as a billionaire, can you imagine what everyday mom and pa are dealing with? He kept going back to everyday Americans and saying, listen, the reason I'm upset is not about me anymore. I'm upset because those people are getting mistreated in this economy, in this government. Uh, It was a very it was much more the the Donald Trump of 2015 and 16 than some of the post 2020 interviews he did. And I I found that interesting. He's clearly adjusting to uh, to go back and take on the grievances of the American people.
5: You know, John Solomon, a lot of people are criticizing Trump now for his interview with you, saying, why does he have to talk about Putin and the Biden family? But I think what Trump wants is what we all want. We We just want the the truth. truth. Exactly. We just want the truth. We just want to know what's going
4: on. Some of the things. That President Biden, I, I, I still like to call him President Biden, even though it, it burns my heart, it burns my stomach. <laughs> but but the things he's doing, we lose on every step of the way. He American is, people yep. get poorer, everybody else gets richer.
5: Yeah.
0: Bob Gates is the defense secretary that sat with him for many years in the bomb. He said he was wrong on every issue. Every issue he was wrong on. I think more Americans are starting to believe Bob Gates every day. Um, You know, I want to answer a little bit. I've got some criticism from this, too. Well, why did you let him say that? Well, the answer is I know exactly what he was doing. He's watching the news media the last couple of days trying to make lemonade out of the terrible lemons that were in Joe Biden's trip to Europe. Joe Biden made a massive mistake when he suggested that there need to be regime change, and he's been walking it back for days. But some of the media have gotten to the idea, oh, this could be a Ronald Reagan moment or this was a Winston Churchill moment. No, it wasn't. It was a blunder. Donald Trump wanted to remind people that Joe Biden isn't Winston Churchill. He isn't Ronald Reagan. He's the guy who let his son stick his hand in the oligarch cookie jar of Ukraine and Russia and make millions without speaking up. That's why he did that stunt with, with Putin. He knew it would get everyone's attention. Everyone would have to cover it. But at the end of the day, he wants to remind people Joe Biden created the situation. Why? Because his son was in the cookie jar of the oligarch system, corrupt, crooked and corrupt. And that's why he threw that left hook in the middle of the interview. I could see it coming. He was like winding up like, oh, he's going Hunter Biden. And sure as that, he goes there. I think that's what he was trying to achieve.
5: And it looks like the president knew all about it, what his son was yeah. doing.
4: Well, you know, you don't know what he knew or what he didn't know. But there's a reason he's doing what he's doing. And one of the speculations is he's trying to protect the son just like any other father. But right now, it's the United States of America we're we're worried about. So,
5: you know. We have to worry about ourselves, absolutely. Well,
4: John Solomon, thank you so much, and uh, God bless you. And keep doing the work because the American
5: people deserve the truth. And where can we see the full interview that you did with Trump?
0: It's, uh, it's on the Justin News website. Uh, all the Trump stories have it embedded. It's thirty minutes uninterrupted, no commercials. You can watch it. It's uh, it's a pretty fun uh, watch. It's also up on Rumble on the Justin News channel as well.
5: JustinNews dot com. Well, thank you so much, John Solomon. Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank so
0: you much. guys. Yeah. All right. Have a good day.
6: Breaking news, WABC.
5: And that breaking news is coming from General David Petraeus, who has the latest on Ukraine. We will have his report right after this.
6: A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Cats at Night on 77 WABC.
5: Welcome back to the John Katz Cats at Night Show. So much going on in Ukraine. It appears Russia has increased their shelling of Ukraine. On the line with us right now, you heard that breaking news. General David Petraeus. He's a retired U.S. Army general. He also served as the director of the CIA. Welcome back to Cats at Night, General Petraeus.
1: Good to be with you. Thanks.
4: Well, tell us uh, what is going on. Nobody really understands what's going on, General. Uh, I, I hear uh, Putin may be in Siberia in a in a um, uh, nuclear uh, bunker or something. What do you well, hear? I
1: can't comment on that, but I can tell you what I think is going on in Ukraine, John. Thank um,
4: you.
1: So what has happened is... The Ukrainian forces stopped the offensive against Kyiv and, in fact, have been pushing it back. They've inflicted considerable losses on the Russian forces, so much so uh, that the Russians have had to pull some of their units back, uh, some north to Belarus, some east to Russia, basically to reconstitute them, to fill them back up with people, weapon systems and vehicles that they lost in the fighting And then very likely, uh, Russia now having given up on the main objective that they had for the invasion, which was to topple the Ukrainian government and replace it with the pro-Russian one, now they'll take those forces, move them around to the east and then south, uh, and then try to reinforce the area where there is some degree of success for the Russians, and that is roughly in the southeastern part of the country. That doesn't mean that they're not going to continue to bomb and uh, shoot missiles at Kiev. In fact, they did that quite substantially today. Uh, and they're not giving up on Kiev because uh, they're digging their forces in that are remaining there. But it does appear unlikely that they'll ever be able to take the capital. And, again, Ukrainian forces have even pushed some of the Russians out beyond artillery range. So the worry now for Ukraine is the southeast. Uh, This is where we find the embattled city of Mariupol, the second major port of Ukraine. It's in the southeastern part of the country on the Sea of Azov. Uh, It is the city that's been encircled for a number of weeks. It it is literally the Ukrainian Alamo at this point in time, fighting to the last defender. Uh, it, It is pinning down numerous Russian battalions, but tragically it appears that it is going to fall in the next few days or at most a week or so. General. When that happens, when that happens, John, let me explain the significance, because that will then allow Russia to have a land corridor that extends from the Crimean Peninsula, of course, in the far south of Ukraine, uh, to the east to connect with that area of the Donetsk and Luhansk Oblast, provinces known as the Donbass, and that portion of the Donbass that is occupied by the Russian-supported separatists. So they'll be able to connect, uh, again, for the very first time, Crimea to uh, the area that is supported by the Russians. And then it will free up a number of battalions that were in the Mariupol fight that can then turn north, Uh, and and start to head north and then northeast, even as others uh, over in east of Ukraine begin to head to the southwest. And they're trying to have a pincer movement. Now, this is a very substantial distance. I don't think they'll be able to do it, but they'll put pressure on the Ukrainians as they do. In the meantime, of course, the separatist forces are being reinforced by Russians, and they're pushing out uh, from the separatist-controlled areas of Donetsk and Luhansk, So this is an area, this is perilous, because this is, <clears throat> this is a long distance uh, from any kind of Ukrainian forces that could be moved there. And even though Ukraine has done really well in Kyiv, Kharkiv, um, another major city in the north, um, and they have prevented any possibility, I think, of the Russians getting all the way to Odessa, the major port in the southwest of the country, there, there could be real challenges in this southeastern area. And, and, of course, keep in mind also, John, if you would, that it's now becoming about leverage on the battlefield because they're now really starting to exercise and to engage in negotiations. The first most recent round was held in Istanbul. Unlike the previous ones, this seemed to have some degree of substance the Ukrainian representatives laid out their positions. The Russians said they'll take them back to Moscow. By the way, that's when they also said as a gesture of goodwill. They're going to remove some forces from around Kiev and Chernihiv, another city in the far north. Again, that's nonsense. They're pulling them back because they're no longer combat effective and need to be uh, re- replenished with people, weapons system, and vehicles. Um, and again, as as was, you heard, they've hit Kiev hard today. But It's now about this leverage, because even as we're riveted on the destruction that's being done in Ukraine every day, President Putin is riveted on the destruction that's being done every day by the U.S., EU, UK, and other Western countries that are inflicting enormous damage on Russia's economy, financial system, uh, Putin's inner circle, Uh, Even its business community, because of so many of the Western companies that are withdrawing or shutting down or reducing their operations. Uh, And also Putin's watching some of the very best and brightest of Russia leave the country. Hundreds of thousands, I think, is, is an accurate number at this point in time. So he's got to get something out of the negotiation at this point in time. Ukraine obviously wants to get the damage and destruction to cease. And I think now you're going to start to see the interplay at the negotiating table, which will ultimately, of course, have to include discussions with the U.S., EU, U.K., and others about the phasing out of sanctions if, indeed, Russia is truly willing to cease fire uh, and to engage in serious discussions about the future of Ukraine.
4: Wow. And uh, any gut feeling? Uh, uh, What do you hear about the uh, uh, talks in Istanbul?
1: well uh, again i think there is a slight degree of encouragement out of that unlike all the other discussions that they've had john but i do think what really is essential now and i was really heartened to hear that president Zelensky and president biden talked for an hour this afternoon and got into the nitty-gritty of what ukraine really needs because they have put out a lot of us have been on the receiving end of, of this we know uh, that Ukraine needs additional of the Eastern Bloc, the Russian systems for air defense, multiple launch rocket systems, artillery, and the the ammunition to go with all of that. We don't have that. Um, it's only in Eastern Europe that you find that. And it is interesting that quietly Slovakia did provide its S-300 uh, Russian air defense system to Ukraine, which is what Ukraine has. It's very important because that's what's hitting, the, knocking down the Russian aircraft above 10,000 feet, which is the limit of the stinger, which is very effective up to that and against helicopters, of course. Um, so they also need, again, the Eastern block systems for artillery multiple launch rockets and so on, not what we can provide uh, because, again, they, they haven't used them uh, and so forth. They can use, certainly. I talked before with you about the importance of the switchblade drone, and I hope we can just ship thousands of them to them because it's a – Soldier-launched loitering munition that gets in the air, it's quiet, it's electric, you can't hear it, and when the operator selects a target, it dives on it and blows it up. Uh, There's a light version for personnel and a heavy version for armored vehicles, and that could be a real game-changer and really add to the effectiveness of Ukrainian forces that are conducting these counterattacks outside Kyiv, Kharkiv. Uh, Chernihiv and other locations and also help them if they shift forces down to the southeast uh, to ensure that the Russians aren't able, able to make any more progress there.
4: General, thank you so much for your update to all the American people. Thank you for everything you've done for America and Always continue, pleasure, and continue to speak out for America. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Pleasure to be with you. Thank Thanks. bye now.
4: And I understand. Right now, we have uh, Charlie Gasparino uh, from Fox News, and to give us an update, what's going on in the uh, economy? What's going on in the markets? Uh, Charlie uh, Gasparino, welcome.
6: Hey, thanks, John. By the way, we have a mutual friend, John Yohe. You know him, John Neil Yohe?
4: Neil Yohe, yes, yes. yes.
6: yes. I got
4: I got a lot of texts, a lot of emails from him. He's a good guy, and, and he's a uh, smart and, guy, and, He and knows the markets. And he's happy that you are well, and everything is yes. good.
6: Yes and uh by the way i get a I get a lot of good great market commentary from John a little or insight, I should say because he's so plugged into it, and uh I mean I think he'll he would say um uh, Neil would say as I'm gonna say is that tomorrow's going to be an interesting day i think um tomorrow we have an interesting inflation gauge that comes out uh that the Fed tracks pretty much it's called the p c e the personal consumption expenditure price index and um you know, it, it, it's essentially, a, a, a you know, another sort of type, uh, supply chain type thing that try to, tries to gauge... And what are you predicting? Well, if it comes in hot and heavy, and let me just say what this does. So if I'm reading the, the from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Reflects changes in the price of goods and services purchased by consumers in the United States. So it's an inflation gauge. In the, the
4: price of Oreos are going up, uh,
6: Charlie. Right. So if it comes in hot and heavy... You know, the trading rumor, and I think Neil would, would, would back this up, is that the trading rumor is that 50 basis points in the next meeting is baked in. Now, there are some traders out there who think the Fed has to do it immediately, that intra-like intra, intra like, meeting that they don't wait until May. I think that's crazy. I. This Fed is too timid to do that.
4: Well, but- I just had uh, uh, General Petraeus on, gave us an update what the heck is going on. Right. And uh, uh, you know who, how I can tell uh, if the Russians are winning or, or the uh, Ukrainians are winning? I look at the price of oil.
6: <laughs> Interesting.
4: And because those guys are the smartest ones, they are the traders. And because right now, the price of oil is a casino. And if the traders are in charge, it's not the suppliers, it's not the companies, it's the traders and the price of oil going up. That means that I felt that means that the Russians are still not giving up.
6: Well, you know, that's short term. I mean, I think we're going to have to get used to the price of oil going up anyway, because Russia is going to be increasingly um, isolated in the world as long as Vladimir Putin is still in, in charge. Um, you know, there's going to be tremendous pressure not to buy Russian oil. You have the left still dominating the, the Democratic Party, and they control both houses of Congress right right now. Not maybe in, in eight months from now. So you don't have uh, you know you, you, you don't have pressure on on the administration from Congress or you know to, to drill. So you know get used to some degree of inflation because of that and i think that's why the fed's going to have to is going to have to act and you know these short-term price fluctuations are you know they're indicative of the success of ukraine i, I get that but let's just say the war ended tomorrow right that's... russia pulled back it took no no land let's just say the best of all scenarios right i mean is are we going to just start opening up everything to russia um, Immediately, I mean, are they gonna? We're gonna start buying their oil again. Well, so he has armed? two
4: choices: to 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 live the life of what happened to Gaddafi and what happened to Sudan Hussein, or make peace uh, with uh, Biden and make peace with the European well, Union. I think
6: I I think you know he's now no one trusts him. So it's too far gone. So the the whole thing is: do you do you start dealing with him again? I mean, do you really? Engage Russia in the global community after this, after killing all these kids and women and, you know, it's, it's it's horrible. Horrible. It's I horrible. don't think that's going to happen. Now, if he pulled a Napoleon and escaped to Elba to live his life, the rest of his life, I mean, if I were him, I would just take my 200 billion with my paramour and get on a yacht and have some fun you know but uh you know somebody will food. shoot
4: it down somebody will fire that missile at it uh, you
6: well, know you probably right
4: uh, and, and <laughs> you know the another rumor was that uh this morning that he was in Siberia uh, hi, hiding in a nuclear uh, uh, one of those Bunker. Bunker
6: bunkers. You know, I I, I usually dis, you know dismiss those rumors, but this one sounds like it probably could be true because <laughs> he sounds so nuts. I mean, this whole thing is so crazy. I mean, what like like what do you think he get at? It? So so you get like you get the Ukraine. I get it. It's got minerals and this and that. But does Russia really need minerals? I mean, it, it needs a stupid move. It needs open. It needs to, it needs essentially capitalism to you know to basically take the. I mean, when I talk to people about Russia, they tell me. You know, there's a castle, and then a mile away, there's a slum. I mean, there's this sort of, like, great disparity. We're not a slum, but a a very working-class area. There's this huge disparity of income
4: there. Well, the same thing. Joe Biden lives in the White House. And everybody else uh, is uh, getting poorer because of the price of gasoline. Right, but
6: we we don't have that starkness that they have. Thank God, or else there would be a, there would be a revolution. Well,
5: Charlie Gasparino clearly Putin cares more about power than about anything else. I mean, he's yes. killing Russians as yeah. well. Those soldiers that are going in there, as, who don't want to
6: be there. And, no. Uh, by the way, you look at the pictures of them. They're like this is the last they're
5: place I want to be. I know they're no. children. One last question: the tax hikes, thirty-six of them. So we what?
4: Like, what I said, you know what I said? What? Uh, I, don't, I,
5: don't, no, I have news, no idea
6: what, what's going through his news, brain with this, but it's not going to happen, obviously.
4: Last last thing, and we got to take a break. Newsweek calls me up, uh, what is it, The Daily Beast or something? Yeah, yeah. And they said to me, the 700 billionaires, you're one of them. What is, what's What's going to happen? I said 550 of the 700 are big Democrats contributing big to the Democratic Party? Yeah, what's wrong, let, wrong with let billionaires? Them, let what's, them
5: take it. Why are they trying what's, what's to punish success?
6: What, wait, wait. What's wrong with billionaires? We create the jobs. You create the jobs. I, you know, I just went through. I just went through cancer treatment at NYU. You know, thank God, Ken Langone is a billionaire and gave two hundred million to the That's place. Right. The place is great.
1: It really saved my right. life.
4: And I was a Columbia Presbyterian
5: today, and they're saving my life. And I wouldn't have a job for, if it wasn't for this billionaire.
6: <laughs> yeah. amen. I wouldn't and have a job if it wasn't for the billionaire that ran Fox. Fox,
4: Fox. <laughs> you know, I'm there too. Charlie Gasparino, thank you. We'll talk real soon, and thank you, and keep up the good work.
6: Thanks, and I'm glad. And
4: I'm glad you're healthy.
6: Thank, thank you. I God. appreciate it. Thank Thanks, God. God. Thanks, guys.
5: Are we going into a break? Or go, we going, We got to go to a break. They're waving at me. And, Michael and, Goodwin, when we come back, of the New York Post. On the line with us right now is Pulitzer Prize winning writer, columnist for the New York Post, Michael Goodwin. His latest column, Apologist Press, is raving mad for Biden, but Americans say otherwise. Welcome, Michael Goodwin.
3: Thank you, Lydia. Well, you
4: know, we we, we, we which way are we going today, Michael? We've been talking about the Ukraine. I'm, I'm all...
3: You're all out of gas. Oh, my Ukraine? God. Well, we're we're also Clips. confused
5: about every move Biden seems to make. Every um, move. Every, um, everybody else wins and America loses. What's going on? Well, uh, just
3: to, to the topic of my column uh, in yesterday's post, my point is that it had to do with the, the president saying that uh, basically we had to remove Putin. Putin couldn't remain in power. And then the way that the media reacted to that, the way the White House handled it. And the, the point I'm arguing there is that the White House is listening to the media more than it is to the public. And that's why I believe that Joe Biden has such very low approval numbers. Uh, he's got 100 percent in the media, but he's got 40 percent in the country. Now, why that gap? And I, I think that tells you a lot. First of all, we know that more and more people do not trust the media. They, they believe that they're being lied to or misled intentionally or unintentionally. Um, And so you have the president uh, on this issue of what he said about Putin sort of flipping overnight. If you'll recall, the minute he said it, the White House uh, traveling party came out with a statement that he was not calling for regime change. But now Biden says... You know, he's not making any apologies for it. He's not walking back the statement. Nobody thinks I was calling for taking Putin down. Well, his own aides certainly did. That's why they put out the clarifying statement. But I think that what flipped for Biden was that he got he got a lot of praise from left wing journalists about the statement saying it. Moment of clarity. Uh, one guy in a Daily Beast compared it better than uh, JFK's Ich bin ein Berliner, better than uh, Ronald Reagan. Reagan Winston Gorchoff, Churchill. Air down this wall. And then finally, it's it's almost as good or rivals Churchill's <laughs> Iron Curtain speech. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like how much? How, I must have heard a different speech. Uh, But nonetheless, I think that the White House suddenly is finding itself being praised for something it disavowed. Uh, I mean, it's because the media is just so determined to protect him that they will find any way to distort the facts so that they can try to make him look good but the public's not buying it and really when you think about it shouldn't there be a closer connection to what the media says and and thinks about a president and what the public says shouldn't the the media's coverage reflect uh the perspective of the of the you know the average person in the country at least on some level somewhere Uh, But when you have a 40 percent approval in the public and a hundred near 100 percent approval in the media, something's wrong.
5: Well, I think, Michael Goodwin, it's because as somebody who was a former member of the press for mainstream media for, for 20 years, you're in this little bubble, liberal bubble world and that's why everybody, at least in my newsroom, was shocked when Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump. We were, we were, we were shocked because we were so convinced this could not be possible. And I think that we, we also are, are forgetting that that they, these are kind of elitists that are not in touch with the actual average American. And and Michael, it's Richard
8: Weinberg. Fundamentally, the job of journalists is, is to report the news in a fair and honest way, and they abdicating that responsibility.
3: Yes. I, I mean, I think, um, you know, as, as Lydia said about journalists being shocked, many of them were crying. Yes. Right. And we've heard stories about people crying that the parties were canceled, that sort of thing. Um, so th- this idea that that they are fair is just old fashioned. It's not true anymore. And I believe that it, it's not just Bias, which which we've we've discussed before, and I I certainly have been a big proponent of that view. I've now changed my opinion on this. I don't think it's bias. I think it's corruption. I and I think it's corruption because they know better. They know what they're doing. They know what they know. That speech, it, how it was any- heard.
4: You know, we only got a minute left before a break. Isn't there any guilt among these journalists? I mean, I can't believe that. should be that. against the law to lie like that. How can, they, how like can that. they call themselves legitimate journalists and not tell the truth and not and no, no, knowingly not telling the truth? Where's the
8: integrity?
3: It's gone. And I think that they would blame Donald Trump for that. They would say that Donald Trump was so dangerous right. that they had to put their – not just their finger, but their feet and their whole body on the scale to tip it to first Hillary Clinton and then Joe Biden. I really believe that. I mean, if you go back and I I wrote about this, uh, there, there was a media reporter at The New York Times uh, in in the summer of 16 wrote a, a, a story, a column, really not an opinion column, supposedly, but a column. And it began this way. If you think Donald Trump is a racist demagogue and you think he would be dangerous for him to to have his fingers on the nuclear button, how in the heck are you supposed to cover his campaign? Mm-hmm.
4: Now, now, last word is the people have to realize there's five and a half billion Uh, people in this world run by dictators two and a half billion run by the free world and they're depending on joe biden and the united states of america to keep those two and a half billion away from the five and a half billion let me tell you something i am nervous
3: well i think we all are john and i think i think we have a right to be that he doesn't seem stable i mean to say what he said about putin That uh, regime basically calling for regime change in a country that has nuclear weapons and and, uh, with a dictator who has talked about using nuclear weapons. I mean, that that is how sloppy he was to use that phrase. Very and sloppy. to try to to try to deny that it's significant, I think, is, you know, it's like him saying I didn't cause inflation either. Or the border, you know, it's not my fault. I mean, nothing's his fault. Nothing. He you know, it, it's unbelievable. And the media won't tell him the truth Michael, because they're trying to protect him. We're,
4: we're out of time. Michael Goodwin, New York Post columnist. And, and no, to me, number one at the New York Post. Thank you so much. And we'll catch up again real soon.
3: My pleasure. Thank Thank you. you.
4: Let's take a break. And when we come back, we have.
5: We have Paul Giacomo, the head of the detectives unit for the NYPD. He has
4: an idea of what the heck is going on in Albany, and he's going to tell us.
6: It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats at Night on 77 WABC.
5: On the line for us right now, Paul Dia Giacomo. He is the head of the Detectives Endowment Association for the NYPD. And, uh, before we get to Paul Dia Giacomo, tune in tonight at 10 o'clock, Rita Cosby show. She will have New York State Governor Kathy Hochul. So Kathy Hochul on Rita Cosby, 10 o'clock tonight. Detective Dia Giacomo, what the heck is going on? In the words of John katz the bail reform, you're seeing the same perps out over and over again.
9: Absolutely. I mean, this is taking a uh, toll on on the good law abiding citizens of the city and the state. You know, once we, we went on today with uh, the defendant, Justin Morrell, um, was arrested again the third time uh, for stealing a car. The first time he stole a car and almost killed a New York City police officer, uh, Detective Dallas Farby, who's a true hero. And uh, this individual does not learn his lesson. And he, belo- he belongs behind bars for a long time.
2: And that officer is permanently disabled, isn't that correct?
9: He's yes, he's confined to a wheelchair. Right,
2: um, I
8: remember that. His horrible. horrible,
5: and he was allowed out again and again. Was
8: he bailed out on the new uh, the new case?
5: No, there was no out bail out set. on the, uh, on the bail reform.
8: Yeah,
4: uh, is he out so,
5: right now?
8: Yes, he's out. He's out on the
4: street. Horrible.
5: Says, uh,
4: give us. I mean, it's horrible stuff going on in our city. Horrible. And, uh, tell us the inside track. Eric Adams, uh, Mayor Adams wants, they want uh, to reform, get rid of the bail laws, or reform them further. Uh, the, the Governor Holcomb wants to do it. What's going on with the state senate and the state assembly? Tell us. Well, that's the magic question.
9: Nobody really knows. Uh, you know, it's, it's very disturbing uh, that people are being shot, assaulted, and uh, injured at an alarming rate. And Albany uh, sticks their head in the sand. You know, they made a mistake. They need to fix it. If they don't real- realize it by now, I don't know when they will.
5: I mean, how many more times are we going to hear about the same perpetrators, that father and son, they owned that pizzeria in Queens. They were almost mm-hmm. stabbed to death. And the two perpetrators, they've been doing this over and over again. They should have been behind bars.
9: And the actions of Albany are emboldening the criminals in the street. They know there are no consequences. And uh, until the... Their reform issue is fixed. People are going to continue to be shot, killed,
4: and
8: injured. They've sent out a message. It's a lawless city, and they're not doing anything about it, detective.
5: Well, then they, they should give everybody else a gun and,
4: and they rename the city God uh, City. And the
5: Albany legislators are so concerned about the black and brown suspects. How about the victims? How about the victims, well, most know, of whom are black and brown?
9: That's correct. A uh, majority of the victims are from uh, people of color, and, uh, and we lost focus. You know, we're more concerned on protecting the criminal than protecting the victims of crimes.
5: That's what John always says, right, John? It's
4: horrible. There's 3,000. Uh, you know, we talked to the commissioner uh, last week and the week before, and we talked to uh, uh, the uh, uh, deputy commissioner of, uh, of what, what's his name? Oh, the chief of detectives. Right. And they said th- the same thing we're saying. 3,000 criminals. Violent. Violent criminals. If we get them off the streets— and we put them in jails because after 15 crimes, after 20 crimes, what the heck is going on? Right now, on? there's only 50- New
5: York City will be a safe place again, and enough is enough. Right now, we only have 5,700 people behind bars in Rikers. During Giuliani, it was 19,000. There's eight and a half million New Yorkers. It's insane.
4: Paul Giacomo well, detectives, thank
5: are you
9: for doing their job. We need the politicians to do theirs.
4: That's right. Absolutely. Handcuff the criminals, not the police. Thank you so much, uh, Paul DiGiacomo. And Judge thank Weinberg, you. thank you so much. Uh, Rudy Washington, the former deputy mayor, thank you for everything you did. Lydia Serrani. Rita uh, Cosby, Sycam- 10
5: o'clock tonight, Governor Holkel.
4: Thank you, and thank you to all. And make sure you make a contribution. Go to wabcradio.com. Hit the donation button for food for the refugees. 100% of it is going to go to them. Thank you so much. God bless New York. God bless America. Thank you. Help the Ukrainian people.
6: If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up.